and trust you. The First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles believe in you and pray for you often. You are the future of the Church, and the Lord has many wonderful blessings for you as you live your lives. Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I am your host. Thank you for joining us. And if you're new, welcome. I just wanted to share some thoughts before I got into the episode. As I was reading the scriptures this morning, several things were impressed upon me that uh, I just felt like I needed to share. felt so compelled to. Um... As we cover Doctrine and Covenants section 134 this week and come follow me and study it out, as you know, I like to write down my thoughts, the thoughts that come to me in my journal. And I feel so blessed to live in a country where I can practice freedom of religion, where I can live as I choose to live and be protected by these rights. Now, as we look at the country, it's starting to change and it's becoming, um, in some ways, very unrecognizable. We know that freedoms and liberties are being attacked here in the country as well. And there's a lot going on, but as we focus on Jesus Christ and keep him at the forefront of our minds and thoughts and our heart, and we focus on him day in and day out, I can't help but feel so much gratitude for the perfection and the plan of salvation for bringing about this promised land where the Book of Mormon could come to life and could be found and printed and where we could have that knowledge and information where the restoration is possible and could be established. Another thought that came to mind this morning is that as I'm receiving more messages and emails following up to my prior episode about plural marriage, Brigham Young, I think, gets a bad rap. He did the best he could with what he knew how to do. I think living back in those days, if you really understand how difficult and hard life was and how much he was responsible for, what the Lord was looking to him to do, which was to establish Zion, a place where the saints could feel safe and comfort and have their needs met from clothing to food to shelter and to be able to practice their religion freely. A prophet of the Lord doing this without all of the resources that we have today, without the numbers, there were very little saints in comparison to how many saints there are today. Today we have millions. Brigham didn't have that kind of support. And so I just don't judge him. I don't judge him and I'm grateful for all that he's done to help the Lord bring about the restoration here on earth. I'm so grateful to live here during a time when we can have the gospel here. I would not have liked to have been on earth and had to have gone through this experience without the gospel. Another thing that came to mind this morning is that uh, we are to sanctify ourselves. Sanctifying ourselves is purifying ourselves. 
And we have every day to have these opportunities through repentance to be able to do this. But what's the purpose of sanctification? I believe that sanctification, um, part of that process is compassion. And compassion, of course, is part of the um, purifying process because compassion helps us to live up to that first covenant that we had taken with Heavenly Father and the Savior, Jesus Christ, through baptism. Compassion is charitable. Compassion is kindness. Compassion is being thoughtful and caring. Compassion is looking beyond yourself. And isn't that who Jesus Christ is, the one that we are seeking to emulate? Excuse me, I'm still dealing with allergies, so I apologize. But as he emulates the Father and his characteristics and glory and all that he is and encompasses, we're given the opportunity to do that with the Savior, Jesus Christ. And I truly have seen people take on the countenance of the Savior as they thoughtfully and pointedly live their life to serve him. And this is people in my own ward. Um, These are people in my family and definitely the prophet. I see President Nelson this way, Elder Holland. Um, I've had this experience several times and what it's taught me is that we don't have to be perfect. We just have to have a desire to live after, to be the Savior's feet and hands, to be willing to serve Him and to be on the Lord's errand. I am grateful for the opportunities that I have to bear my testimony and share my faith through this medium. And this week, I'm going to be doing this episode on Sanctify Yourself. And thanks again for joining me. And if you have any feedback, anything you want to share, maybe a topic that you would like me to cover, please do feel free to email me at ldsrealpeoplerealives at gmail.com. And you can also direct message me at LDSRPRL podcast, both on Instagram and TikTok. in sanctification for me to understand to somebody who has an addiction whether it be drugs alcohol sex no matter what the addiction is gambling video games and then you go to rehab and in rehab you don't have access to these addictions and you start to go through the process of withdrawals of your body adjusting to the absence of the chemical or your body and your mind adjusting to the absence of the dopamine rush that happens when you indulge in your addictions and they are short-lived that's for sure this is not long-lasting and your body just goes through and your mind goes through so much and you can become depressed Um, You can even go through cold sweats and shakes and you can't function and you're tired, but you can't sleep. And it's just quite a process and it's very hard on the body and the mind. 
But once you go through this process, which we know even with the refining process, like the refiner's fire, to be hammered and burned and molded, what you have left, if you make the right decisions and choices, as you endure and you hold fast and you look to your Savior and you exercise your faith and you gain strength from the Savior and Heavenly Father's grace, there comes this, it's like a butterfly just emerging from its cocoon of such a beautiful, wonderful, miraculous child of God. Sanctification is a scary process and we have to go through it so many times here on earth. It's not ever enjoyable, but it's worth it because it leads us to help us fulfill the measure of our creation and to become all that the Lord knows that we can be. We want to fulfill the measure of our creation and become all the Lord knows that we can be. And this is why I feel we're given our patriarchal blessing is to give us glimpses of who we were and who we are and who we're going to become if we choose the right. Sanctification is a process that is necessary as part of the plan of salvation for us to make it back home. And part of that process is always going to be staying to the basics. Going to church, saying your prayers, doing your scripture studying, having a family home evening, spending time with your family, living righteously, following up on your righteous desires, seeking inspiration and revelation through prayer, following up on and acting on those promptings that you receive. We are here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to go home. I neglected to say that a big part of that sanctification process is attending the temple. Temple attendance and having that time in the temple is a huge part of the sanctification process. So if you have a temple recommend, go. If you don't have a temple recommend, get one. Work on whatever you need to work on to acquire a temple recommend. Going back to why we're here, we were sent on a mission to come here and prove ourselves forthwith to return home, to once again live with our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Mother, our Savior and Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ and our family. And when we were sent here, we were we passed through that veil of forgetfulness. So that ramped up the test. It made it even more difficult and more hard. But as I understand the gospel more and more, I feel like us having that forgetfulness is actually a blessing because with how hard life is and can be, we would be clamoring to go home if we remembered it vividly in detail. So we must remember that we are here on a mission and we have been sent here to learn and to acquire an education and knowledge and to become. And during this process of acquiring knowledge and becoming and experiencing 
God has blessed us like any loving parent would. I know as a parent, when I give blessings to my children, it's so that they might experience and be happy. I feel like Heavenly Father blesses us so that we too can experience and have joy. So let us not rush this time here on earth. Let us use those blessings to have joy here on earth. But do not deviate from that path. It's a straight and narrow path home. But it's a sure path home. What I see going on within the church and mainly um, the youth and especially with saints that are very open on social media is that we're using the logic of man to be, whether or not they see it or recognize it, disobedient to pull back from the Lord. The rationalizations, the extreme measure of... uh, acceptance of things that are not of the Lord, the constant pressure to tolerate this and tolerate that is immense because we are truly living in Babylon. And I think in some respects, we have moved past the wickedness of and evil of Babylon. And uh, we must never be swayed by the logic of man. The logic of man is going to rationalize, is going to reason, is going to justify this and that. And you can rationalize, reason, and justify yourself right off that sure path. I truly believe that the Lord reveals enough to us to exercise our faith and then gives us an opportunity to act in faith. It's just like when he told Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith wanted to know desperately when the second coming would be. And he basically said, Joseph, when you're 85 years old, don't bug me about this anymore. And of course I'm paraphrasing and putting it in my own words. We all know that Joseph didn't make it to when he was 85 years old. So again, the Lord (laughs) tolerates us, especially when we continue to ask questions. And he knows perfectly whether or not that knowledge is appropriate for us to have at that time. So we must trust in him. There was an apostle that had given a talk many years ago. And I've held fast to this because I truly believe in it. It is so true. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ hold our manual. So when you buy a product, it comes with a manual on how to operate. It tells you how to troubleshoot. It even gives you safety and warnings to make sure that you don't injure yourself using the product. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ hold our manuals to us, our lives. And through prayer and obedience, and living a righteous life the best that we can, we can tap into that manual and we can troubleshoot and we can look for the safety and the warnings. We must always trust Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, always.
able to share a story with you that actually came from Elder Holland. It's a talk that he gave called <clears throat> Sanctify Yourselves. And he says, the call in every age, and especially our age, is Joshua's call. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And that really hits my heart, <clears throat> because we have to prepare ourselves today for the help that may be needed for tomorrow. So oftentimes I have found myself living in a manner and a way on a day, one day in particular, and then <clears throat> my children and my family are needing me the next day. And whatever I did the day before has taken the spirit from me. So I've needed to repent. I've needed to look to connect with my God again. I've needed to <clears throat> repent of my ways. And uh, I wasn't able to perform or to help or to be all that I could be to help my family because I could not hear the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. And I love what Elder Holland says here because it reminds me to live every day as if I'm needed tomorrow. So in order to serve the Lord, in order to exercise the priesthood in your family, in order to invite heaven into your home and in your relationships, one must live the gospel. One must be vigilant about living the gospel, about making repentance a part of your life. Elder Holland talks about a story with an 18-year-old boy. He says, let me share a story with you suggesting how soon and how unexpectedly those tomorrows can come and in some cases how little time you may have to make hasty belated preparation. On the afternoon of Wednesday, September 30th of 98, just two years ago last week, a little league football team in <clears throat> Income Ahero was out on the field for its midweek practice. They had completed their warm-ups and were starting to run a few plays from scrimmage. Dark clouds were gathering as they sometimes do in the fall, and it began to rain lightly, but that was of no concern to a group of boys who loved playing football. Suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, an absolutely deafening crack of thunder split the air, inseparable from the flash of lightning that illuminated, literally electrified, the entire scene. And at that very moment, a young friend, A.J. Edwards, then a deacon in the Portneuf Ward of the McCammon, Idaho Stake, was ready for the ball on a handoff that was sure to be a touchdown in this little inner squad bit of horseplay. But the lightning that had illuminated earth and sky struck A.J. Edwards from the crown of his football helmet to the soles of his shoes. The impact of the strike stunned all the players, knocking a few to the ground, leaving one player temporarily without his sight and virtually all the rest of the players dazed and shaken. Instinctively, they started running for the concrete pavilion adjacent to the park, and some of the boys began to cry. Many of them fell to their knees and began to pray. And through it all, A.J. Edwards lay motionless on the field. Brother David Johnson of the Rapid Creek Ward rushed to the player's side. 
He shouted to coach and fellow ward member Rex Schaefer, I can't get a pulse. He's in cardiac arrest. These two men, rather miraculously, both trained emergency medical technicians, started a life against death effort in CPR. Cradling AJ's head as the men worked was the young defensive coach of the team, 18-year-old Bryce Reynolds, a member of the Mountain View Ward in the McCammon, Idaho stake. And as he watched Brother Johnson and Brother Schaefer urgently applying CPR, he had an impression. I am confident it was a revelation from heaven in every sense of the word. He remembered vividly a priesthood blessing that the bishop had once given his grandfather following an equally tragic and equally life-threatening accident years earlier. Now, as he held this young deacon in his arms, he realized that for the first time in his life, he needed to use his newly conferred Melchizedek priesthood in a similar way. In anticipation of his 19th birthday and forthcoming call to serve a mission, young Bryce Reynolds had been ordained an elder just 39 days earlier. Whether he audibly spoke the words or only uttered them under his breath, Elder Reynolds said, A.J. Edwards, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power and authority of the Melchizedek priesthood which I hold, I bless you that you will be okay. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As Bryce Reynolds closed that brief but fervent blessing offered in the language of an 18-year-old, A.J. Edwards drew his first renewed breath. The ongoing prayers, miracles, and additional priesthood blessings of that entire experience, including a high-speed ambulance drive to Pocatello and a near-hopeless life flight to the Burn Center at the University of Utah, all of that the Edwards family can share with us at a later time, it's sufficient to say that a very healthy and very robust A.J. Edwards is in the audience tonight with his father. What a miraculous story. And I just felt so hit hard in the very center of my being by the story and how important it is for us to be ready to exercise the powers of heaven. We are not perfect. And by the nature of the fall, we're going to make mistakes. and We're going to do things that are going to put us off from Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, which is why we need to live urgently and fervently the law of repentance in our lives so that when the time comes we can be ready we can be ready to wield the powers of heaven on the behalf of those that we love those that we know and even for strangers for we're all children of god I enjoyed that story too because it really speaks to me as I'm a seminary teacher and, um, you know, work with the youth through that calling. They really struggle. They are just being hammered on all sides in every which way possible. Um, but there's also this sense of an immense amount of strength amongst the youth too. The more that they are committed and devoted to the Lord and show that through their actions by attending church and going to their youth functions and coming to seminary and participating in the gospel, the more I see how this generation has truly been reserved for this time and dispensation. So what can we do to become sanctified? To be ready for those times where we 
are needed to hear that still small voice, to wield the powers of heaven in our life, to tap into that priesthood power. We need to live the gospel and all aspects of it the best that we can. But I don't want anybody doing this to the point that they're living the gospel and they're stressed out about it. And they become so stressed that that leads to some sort of depression, um, which can lead to, you know what, I can't do this. This is too much. They're asking too much of me. And I just, I can't do this anymore. Heavenly Father would never want you to use the gospel to walk away from the gospel. So you have to be reasonable in your mind about what you can and cannot do and accept your efforts and know that you're good enough in that moment because you will get better as time goes on. Live the gospel, be worthy of the Spirit, then seek for the Spirit, receive the Spirit, and learn the gospel. So important, each and every step. Live the gospel, be worthy of the Spirit, seek and receive the Spirit, and learn the gospel. President Nelson talks often and always about how we need to work on hearing the language of the Spirit and understanding. And yesterday I had an experience that really showed to me that there's going to come a time in this world where we're not going to have time to figure out the revelation or inspiration or realize that I heard the voice yesterday and I should have done this or that. God and Christ are going to need us to act on those impressions immediately and we're going to need to do it for ourselves, for ourselves, for our family, for the good of the people that we have around us. So let's live to sanctify ourselves and to keep ourselves right in line with that straight and narrow but sure path home. It's the sanctification process that helps us to become like the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when we sanctify ourselves, when we purify ourselves, we truly become an instrument in the Lord's hand. What I'm going to set to do and focus on this coming week through Thanksgiving is we have a huge homeless problem here in California. Uh, everybody talks about it. We often get made fun of by other states because of it. The homeless population here is filled with people who are mentally ill, who have every sort of addiction that you can think of. And when people have talked to them or they've been interviewed by the media, um, or even if they've been interviewed by uh, resources that we have here locally to help them, any shelter is always going to have rules for them to abide by. And the common consensus of the people that they've talked to is they don't want to abide by rules. They want to live life on their own terms. Um, and they want to be, they like their situation. I'm not saying they love their situation, um, but they don't want to be, for example, at night when you go to a shelter to sleep, you have to be sober. A lot of these people struggle to be sober just to be able to have access to a clean place to sleep, a safe place to sleep. Um, we see people, homeless people all the time doing some of the strangest things, strange, very strange things. 
and oftentimes some very questionable things um, that can put people and their lives in danger. And we've actually had something horrible happen here in my own town, Ventura. Um, A few months ago, we had a homeless person in front of our house that was going through our garbage and they found some chalk somewhere and they drew these very vulgar pictures on the sidewalk and um, I'm not going to go into it, but it was very, very vulgar and uh, at the bottom he said, I'm going to stab you. So that definitely was disconcerting. These and so much more are some of the reasons why I don't reach out to help the homeless. But as I was reading today about compassion and sanctifying myself, it really struck me to just trust the Lord, listen to the Spirit, and that these people do need people like myself and others to reach out to them in some way. So the next week, that's what I'm really going to be focusing on is um, as part of sanctifying myself is that compassion portion to be there for those who are mourning, who are suffering, who need comfort, and uh, to tune into the Spirit and to see how I can help and make sure that I'm keeping myself safe as I'm doing this. But I think more often than not, the homeless population is probably a pretty safe population. And uh, my heart really goes out to these people as they struggle. Mental illness is brutal. Addictions are brutal. And that's what I'm going to commit to. So I, you know, I hope that something in this episode this week has, um, the spirit has been able to impress upon your heart, whatever it is that you need to do in your life, um, to be able to sanctify yourself and to be ready to accept those callings that are inevitably going to come from the Lord when he needs you and he needs you to go out and act. This will also prepare us to present ourselves when we pass on from this life to the Lord in the next. Um, and I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I always love to hear from my audience. I so much appreciate your love. May you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy your family. God bless. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. Stay safe, healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. Until next time, aloha.